Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to another incredible, amazing, stupendous podcast of the Real Film Nerds. My name is Matt, one of the hosts of this lovely venture where we talk about film and sometimes TV and sometimes literally nothing that relates to either, including beer, which relates to everything, though. With me, as always, my good buddy, the dude on the East Coast. I need I need to like write these down before I throw them out. I'm just going to go with the dude on the East Coast. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, from the dude on the East Coast, Mike Talent. East Coast, the talent of the podcast. Mysterious Mike Talent. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so Mike, we got some news to talk about. We started a little something-something literally last night. For those of you who got the invite or have joined or whatever, we started a fan group where people can go and talk about movies and film and whatever the hell else they want. And we already have quite a few members it's uh, real easy to find on the old Facebooks. It's facebook.com slash groups slash real film nerds. Boom. And I have nice. A, and we have effectively called it fans of real film nerds. And I spent time finding a badass spray paint font and throwing it over our logo. I think it looks pretty cool. What do you think, Mike? I do. I, I think it looks pretty cool as well. And uh, we already have a, a good question about what is the nerdiest uh, film from the film nerds. Brought in by one of our special guests, Mr. Steven Stockmar. Yeah, so uh, I did my best to answer that. But, uh, you know, Matt also chimed in. But to find out more, you need to go and join us and uh, join us. Yeah. We are, uh, it hasn't even been 24 hours since I started the group, and we are already up to 26 members. Now, I'm only going to do this once. I'm not going to do it again, but these are the founding members of the fans of Real Film Nerds podcast, and I'm just going to do it quick, Mike. I got it here in front of me. Hold on to your butts. Andrew Goodman, BJ Lordy, uh, Brian Christina Peter, uh, Christine James, Cindy Barks, Danny... Uh, I always screw up selling, saying his last name. Uh, Rustat, uh, Dirk Vandenberg, Doug Cook, Eric Costan, Costanios. I always screw that one up too. Damn it, I can't talk. I'm turning into you, Mike. <laughs> uh oh, man. I hope I didn't think it was contagious, man. I just can't speak or read or do things good. It's like the outbreak. Yeah, it's spreading like the monkey. All right. All right, Heather Victoria, which is my sister, for any of you who want to attack her personally, feel free. Um, because she's still upset that she has not been on this podcast. And I told her when we do a movie where we really don't care about it and it's some chick flick, she can be on it. <laughs> so you basically told her she's never getting on? No, I'm Lion King. No. <laughs> I'm not doing Lion King. I don't care. I'm not doing it. All right. Whew. Jacob Samuel Sparks, the third member of the Blue Milk podcast, who, for those of you who do not know, it's uh, Jacob Sparks, uh, BJ Lordy, and uh, Dirk Vandenberg, who is down towards the bottom. No, I got him earlier. Never mind. It's alphabetical order on their first name. Interesting. All right. 
and uh, Jamie De Jesus, who I like to reverse that and call her Jaime De Jesus. <laughs> nice. Jesse Platt, uh, John Rust, Josh Foreman, my comic book guy, uh, Katie Filson Brand. I-, I think you might know that young lady, Mike. Yes. Marcus Hodges, my nephew, uh, me, of course. Uh, Mr. Santos, the uh, host of the Mile High Show. Mysterious Mike Talent, of course, obviously. Uh, Rosie Souza, a good friend here in Prescott. Scott Orr, the host of the Code 3 podcast, for those of you who want to know anything and everything about firefighting. Then again, our good buddy, former guest, Steve Stockmar. Torrance Dunham, good buddy of mine, photographer buddy, uh, reporter, journalist guy. And then uh, Vanessa Hartline, a good friend of mine, former co-worker. So there you go. Those are the founding members of fans of Real Film Nerds Podcast. And that's the only time I'm going to do it. Anybody else that joins, I'm not going to give you a shout out. But everybody else gets one. All right, Mike. So we have another special thing going on. We got our second screener ever. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Ever. So this movie... Is it comedy? Kind of like a, it's kind of like an improv comedy thing. It's called yeah. Chasing Molly. Yes. And it, at first I thought it was talking about the recreational drug, but no, it's just talking about the character. Well, I think it's a play on words a little bit, if you want to know the truth. It might be. I think a little it's a little bit. Because the main character, her name is Molly. And then uh, as we get into it later, the thing that they get real big trouble for is by selling Molly. Yes, that's true. So I think it's a little play on it, you know. Anyways. All right. So, Mike, um, this is totally a B movie. Uh, if you want, for those of you who are interested, I tried to do the shout out earlier before we started recording or before we even watched it. You can go and watch it on any of the streaming ver- uh, services out there. Amazon Prime Video, uh, probably the Google Play, uh, YouTube. Anywhere you can, you know, buy streaming movies, you can go and get this and watch it at home if you want. And that's what we did. We watched it at home. Yes, so, yes, we did. Yeah, they, you know, how how the screeners work nowadays, they send you a link, you get a password, it's a lockdown, and you go and you watch it, and then the password expires after so long and whatever. Anyways, so that's how we got to do it. And uh, Mike, let's do it. Let's start talking about this movie, Chasing Molly. Go ahead and give us the rundown. All right, so... Um Chasing Molly is directed by Josh Sutherland. The writers are Shelley Peck uh, and uh, Josh Sutherland. Uh, it's starring Kurt Angle, Shelley Peck, Jim Cashman, Stephanie Berkeley. And this movie is about Molly, a paranormal con artist who cleans people of their valuables instead of their demons, accidentally rips off drug kingpin. She now has to save her kidnapped partner and herself while battling through the underbelly of Los Angeles. So, it, again, remember, it is a B-movie. There are people that worked very hard to do this film. It is rough. I won't lie. But was it at least entertaining for you, Mike? Um, there's, there's a lot of funny parts in this. Um but there were some scenes and some things that were a little like, um, well, I guess to give you an example, this doesn't really give away too much or anything. Um, it seems overly sexual. Like there's like a lot of 
dick jokes and stuff that seem kind of almost forced. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it was forced. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, terrible. Sorry. Uh, there's also, um, there's a, a scene with some police officers, uh, like uh, twice that doesn't seem to be in the need to be in the movie at all. I guess they were just trying to boost the runtime. I don't know. It's very weird about these two guys talking about, they kind of want to, they moonlight as actors and they want to make it as actors, but right now they're police officers kind of thing. And Well, I think I they were trying to add a little bit of substance to those characters because they're the ones that come in later on in the story and kind of save the day-ish. And so I think they were just trying to do character development on those two, two guys, but it was just kind of weird. And you could tell they like shot it kind of like in like one day and in one spot and with just those guys. And it was... It was off-putting. It, it was funny at times. It got a little lengthy at others. So, just those scenes with the two police officers. Yeah. So, that... I mean, those are... Uh, I also wish they had, like, some... Like, I don't know. I don't even know what you call it, Matt. But, like, the cinema, like, filtering. Like, because it seemed too bright and too, like, uh, soap opera. Like, That was real the lighting. Life. Yeah. 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 A lot of that was the lighting. And... Uh, being a, a a photographer, photojournalist myself, I noticed that big time. You could tell when they had someone come in and light it properly, and when they had it kind of diffused. Most of those scenes were with uh, Felicia Day, and they were out in broad daylight. But you could tell they brought in something to help soften the daylight. But that's you know one of the hard parts of shooting clearly in the middle of the day in California because it's bright and sunny. Yeah. Um, and it's very harsh. The, there were some kind of funny scenes, but sometimes it seemed a little like it went too long or it wasn't quite flowing well enough. Like there's some some good, um, I don't even know how to classify them. I guess Mexican gangster scenes oh, that dude, I thought could have been a lot better, but like funny. some of it was funny. And I think just some of the supporting actors, if they were maybe a little bit better, I don't know. Some of them seemed like they were reading lines, but like the main guy was the best. But Kurt Angle? No, 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 no. the 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 Mexican gangster guys. Ah, yeah, yeah. The Mexican um, gangsters. Yeah, they, they they were some of the side actors were kind of rough, kind of rough. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, that you know, main this, guy this, had some pretty funny lines, especially yeah. especially the first scene with him. I don't want to ruin it so much yet. You know, we'll get to that in the spoilers, but. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I would say this movie uh, isn't quite, you know, of course, it's not an A movie, but it's like there's there's moments, uh, there's pieces that, that looked really good. And I think uh, as, as someone who's maybe growing in their film uh, directing skills and stuff, I, th- I think this could be a good stepping stone. Uh, and it, it had moments that were kind of funny and stuff. It was just wasn't complete. Yeah, I agree. And, there were a lot of really fun, really hilarious. I mean, there was a couple where I lost my mind laughing moments. But as a complete story, it's rough. Um, and a lot of that just might be the editing. A lot of it might be the directing. A lot of it might be um, maybe too much improving, if Because it comes off that they're doing a lot, a lot of improving especially during certain scenes. 
and they're having jokes that aren't landing like real great and the timing's kind of rough on them. But there's a handful of scenes that I really would have loved to seen a little bit more development with those characters and things. That's one thing too, is there is a lot of freaking characters in this movie. I mean, a lot. And they all there seem are, to like there get are like, quite a bit of characters. Yeah, and they all seem to get like one scene and then that's it. Like the cops are a good example. They have like two scenes with the cops and then they have the big scene where they come in and save the day kind of thing. But like there's the, <laughs> I'll just say it. <laughs> this is one that made me laugh a lot, but it was, it was kind of rough and it was kind of just thrown in there. I could tell, but the uh, grapefruiting scene, like, Oh, <laughs> that was just hilarious. Like that whole thing was that, just that, hilarious. The grape grapefruiting was funny. Like, yeah, that was, that was a good, that, that's a highlight of a, a good, like funny scene. And that probably was all, um, you know, uh, improv but you know uh there's just other scenes that just kind of seemed rough yeah and let's break that down a little bit that is a perfect example of what we're talking about where there's jokes that clearly were written and they hit hard and they hit well there was some improv that hit really well and there was some that kind of fell flat but again that's another character that that's literally the only scene he's in and then boom he's gone now that one makes a little bit more sense why it's the only scene because not to get into spoilers yet but it's He's there for a particular reason from a Craigslist ad kind of thing. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny and it hits right, but that's another example of another character. I mean, there's a ton of them in here, but it's good. It gets a lot of other people exposure in a film and they get their acting chops in and they get to work a little bit, which helps, you know? Yeah, man. What did you think about the um, the woman who's getting like a photo shoot kind of? And she oh, seems no. uh, dude, you know what that is. That is not a photo shoot. Come on. Yeah. Haven't you seen now, that? Well, you probably don't spend as much time on porn sites as I do. But Yeah, but but uh, I, I I what I was saying is like that was a weird scene. Like I don't know exactly why that was in there. Yeah, that's one of the ones that could have been cut out, but I think it was in there just for the jokes of making fun of her name and stuff. But that's yeah. a that's a very well known style of pornography that is questionable in some respects because they trick people into being in pornography or at least that's how they come off they try to trick people granted 90% of the time it's just an actor or actress acting really bad in it saying oh oh, I didn't know and all this that's exactly what that's supposed to be making fun of yeah I don't know I I wasn't sure what they were trying to go for there I guess that's 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 all. All right. So, Mike, before you start getting into spoilers, because I keep touching on it here and there, let's just do real quick. Do you think people should go watch this? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would say, honestly, it's okay. If you had um, free time and this was on a streaming service and it was like uh, something to watch for free, or included with the streaming service, I would say that. I don't know if I would pay to watch it, because it looks like on Amazon it's it's four bucks. I don't know. It's pretty cheap though, still for you know, to get it on Amazon. Yeah, no, that is that, that's pretty cheap. Uh I don't know. I, I guess I'm gonna lean towards now. 
I agree. I think if it's on something like Netflix or Amazon or any other kind of streaming service, Voodoo, any of those where you can watch it with ads or whatever and not have to throw down your hard-earned cash, I think it would be well worth a watch. Um, it might set some people off. You know, the language and the jokes and stuff like that are definitely more adult. Um, it's funny. I like it. And moments are really good. Some of the moments really are just not. Um, so I'd say, you know, it's worth your time. Just it's not a must-see kind of film. Yeah. Yeah, um, I but I I do appreciate uh, being able to watch the screener. Uh, it's it's always interesting to see kind of uh, uh, different kinds of looks at things, and this was definitely a different look. Uh, it was it was interesting. Yeah, and I'm sure if we were more familiar with LA or lived in LA, it would probably hit even harder because a lot of the scenes and sets and things. I mean, you could tell they shot it 100 percent LA, so. I'm sure we'd have more of a connection to it if we were over there, but we're not. We're, you know, in our respective areas. I'm in Prescott. You are intercourse Pennsylvania, you know. Yep, yep. We're far away from L.A., but... But still, you know, I I respect it. I love that they tried it and they pushed it and they... Like I said, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential in this film. There's a, a quite a few scenes, a handful of scenes that I thought were pretty good that I'd like to see more elaborated on that could almost be movies in their own right if they do them right, you know, kind of thing. So anyways, all right, Mike, well, um, before we get to the Marvel cinematic universe, you forgot to ask what I'm drinking. Yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, what are you drinking today? <sighs> well, Mike, I have not cracked open my beers yet because it is still the middle of the day. It is hot. It is very hot here. In Arizona, it's one of the hottest days of the year so far in Prescott. We're supposed to top out at like high 90s. I am drinking a giant glass of delicious iced tea. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you were just going to say water. A high quality H2O. No, um, nope, iced tea. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Matt, uh, given that there's a three hour time difference, you're four and, beers uh, in cause I heard you crack it open earlier while you were talking. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking, uh, that same beer that I've been drinking the last few times, which is, do you even zest is, which is a citrus double IPA by crooked state. Is that the juicy one? Yeah, it's juicy. It's juicy. All right, here we go. So Mike, I know we usually don't do this, especially on the smaller independent B films, but you already warned me that you found it. Mike, how does Chasing Molly relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So our director and uh, story uh, created by uh, Josh Sutherland, he was also uh, visual effects on The Avengers. The original? Yeah, the original, 2012. Nice. That's awesome. See, I really didn't think we were going to be able to tie this one. I mean, there's one actor in here that, God, now we can spoil it. We can spoil it. But one of the main actors, his name is Jim Cashman. And I was sitting here watching this movie going, man, 
where the hell do I know this guy from? Where do I know this guy from? I stopped watching the oh, movie. Oh, you didn't. You, I went to bed. You didn't recognize him right away. No, I was lying in bed, oh, uh, getting ready, okay. trying to fall asleep, and then it just clicked. I was like, "Oh my god, it's the dude from the Progressive commercials." <laughs> yep. Yes, it sure is. It's, it is the it's it's uh, the opposite to Flo, the guy who always kind of gets shit. It's on. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie from yeah. Progressive. Yeah, who always gets shit on in the in the commercials? Like he's always like behind or doesn't do something right, or and he gets shit on in this movie. He's the one that's kidnapped. Yes, yes, he. So I guess he's typecast. This man cannot get a, a break. Shit on, has a shit on character. Well, I think he might have been uh, maybe one of the writers with it. No, no, he wasn't. I thought he was, but anyways. All right, so Mike. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, start spoiling since uh, we already are. Let's do it. So, Kurt Angle. I, as I said in the podcast before this, I recognize that name. I did not realize it's the wrestler Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess he just retired. Yeah. Right. I thought yeah, it was it's, like it's, a different Kurt Angle. I did not think it was the wrestler. I I flipped it on. I'm like, oh, my God, it's that Kurt Angle. This is awesome. <laughs> and he's the villain. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, well, yeah, he he really is not in it too much. He only has a few scenes himself. Yeah, but uh, his scenes were kind of fun. Like it, it, the ending, though it ends his the ending scene with him ends so abruptly. It's weird. Oh, the ending was not no. Well, I won't get there yet, but uh, was not expected. I was like, huh. All right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So uh, yeah, no, like like we've said, there's there's lots of moments. There's a there's kind of a funny moment where they go to their respective drug dealer, their their buddy, I guess, and they're like, "Hey, we have this drug that we don't know what it is, but we don't want to take it. Will you take it?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I already ate it." <laughs> he um, didn't eat it though, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but then then. Uh, they shoot this YouTube uh, video, and I, I'll, I'll leave that. But uh, it was really funny. I thought that was really funny, and it continued to show up throughout the movie. And I thought that was kind of a good long-running uh, joke. So that was good. That I thought that was creative. Okay, I'm trying to remember the character's name, and you might remember it. I I don't see it on IMDb. Oh nope, there it is. Never mind. Never mind. I found it. I found it. I thought they were going to leave it out. Right? No. One of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, which I would have loved to have seen it elaborated on. And clearly this guy was brought in for this one day and he's clearly pretty, probably not a high, super high end actor, but he's more known than most of the actors in here is uh, Jeff Lewis's Skullfucker. That whole scene with him was just hilarious. I was losing it, man, when I was watching that scene. It was just hilarious. Like how he just starts out with like, oh yeah, yeah, there's three kids all with different women, and he's like, Yeah, they they knock me up and they, you know, move on. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so funny. And you could tell a lot of his stuff was improv. But I was just losing it with that guy. He did that whole scene was just hilarious. Yeah, when he starts talking about everything that he did with like his kids sitting right there, it was like, oh wow, like it was crazy. Oh yeah, and then he's sitting there, you know, screaming at another guy about all the different ways he's gonna, you know, fuck him in the skull. 
And it goes on for like three or four minutes. And the kids are just standing there like it's no big deal, coloring and doing their thing. I was just dying. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. So good. Yeah, that was pretty funny. There, I mean, there uh, there are parts of this movie that were really good. Um, uh, you know, I, I think my biggest complaint... Oh, uh, well, one other complaint I have was the, the action scene in the... Uh, the warehouse when the police show up and stuff. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, that was pretty bad, man. Like they just played some, played some gunshot sound effects, and yeah, uh, that was pretty bad. Yeah, that whole scene was pretty rough. Pretty rough. But I liked the main Mexican gangster guy. Like the first introduction was really smart and really funny. And they really could have gone farther with it, but they didn't. I was kind of disappointed. But so you meet all the Mexican gangsters and they're like sitting in their warehouse or their, you know, hideout or whatever. And they're talking about <laughs> basically a pyramid scheme with selling guns. Yeah. Was yeah. It like, was pretty funny. I yeah. was like, wow. It was like Avon for guns. It was just hilarious. <laughs> It was pretty funny. That was just that, a great like, one. I, so I appreciated those scenes with those guys. I just wish some of the other actors that weren't the main guy were a little bit more uh, animated. And like, I, I don't know, just it seemed like they were just reading lines. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't as like, I don't know, invested in their characters. Well, they might not have even been actors. They might have just been friends that they needed, you know, someone to fill in. Hey, you want to be an extra? We need a couple more gangster looking people. You know, kind yeah. of thing. No, I, I, I think that's probably the case with this type of movie, but it was still like, it was a little bit noticeable, at least to me. I don't know if you got picked up on that. Oh, so the dude that plays uh, the main gangster guy, it's hilarious. I just was looking it up. His character name is Guapo, which you know what that is in Spanish, right? Guapo. Uh, I should. Handsome. Handsome. Oh, okay. His real name, or at least his character, his actor name that he goes by, is Scar. And I was getting them kind of mixed up. Nice Scar. But yeah, he's been in a handful of things. Mike, are there any more scenes in Chasing Molly that you want to discuss, good and or bad? Uh, the end it was very strange and abrupt. Yes, it was. With, with, uh, t- so I guess it's trying to tie in the uh, demon stuff and, uh, yeah, like the ghost hunter kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the beginning because they're like a paranormal service, but like obviously it's, it's really just fake and they're, they're ripping off people. You, you find that out pretty quickly. But, uh, then at the end, they, like, tie it in to be real. That was strange to me. I was like, what? Yeah, it was... The ending is definitely not not great. But like I said, we discussed a little earlier, It this film has a lot of potential. It has a lot of different things that were really fun and hilarious. And there's some that fall kind of hard and flat. Like one scene that I wasn't a super huge fan of, was the uh, monk that sells weapons. That scene was kind of rough, like just all around. The acting and the weapons they were using. and Oh, yeah, the monk thing was yeah, weird. Yeah, it was really just kind of random. 
So, I mean, there's like no point to it. Okay, it's a monk that sells weapons. Okay. and But that's the only scene that that dude's in, and that's it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, Mike, let's do it. You're going first. Ladies first, right? <laughs> uh, are you calling me a lady? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just... All right. I was gonna say maybe That's what I he should said. maybe I should poke fun at you when you're sleepy like normal instead of when you're in the middle of the day and actually awake because clearly it's not working. You're catching all the things I'm saying. This is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you please be a little bit more tired next time, Jesus? All right, I'll try. <laughs> all right, Mike. How many reels do you give Chasing Molly? Uh, so I'm gonna give uh, Chasing Molly two out of five reels. Because I, I did enjoy uh, certain aspects of this movie. Uh, it just wasn't overall, I don't know, as smooth and didn't flow as, as as well, I think, as it could have. Well, Mike, this is the first time I think in a little while where this has happened. I also give it two out of five reels. Oh, nice, nice. I think there's a lot of, like I said, this will now be the third time and I keep repeating myself. There's a lot of potential. Some of the things were, I mean, seriously, I was sitting in my house by myself laughing out loud at some of these scenes. I mean, they were pretty gosh darn smart, good, funny, well acted. But there's a lot of not good stuff, too. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's also a tad short on the runtime. But uh, I mean, like I was saying, we should there was scenes in there that could be cut. So like it would have been closer to like an hour and 10 minutes. It was current runtimes an hour and 20 minutes. It would have been like an hour and 10. I think if we had our way with cutting some of the scenes. So I guess they were just trying to make it more close to the uh, the standard 90 minutes, you know. Feature length. What is the definition of the feature length? I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think it's got to be over a certain time, and I don't remember what that time is, because you know how they have all those shorts for, like, the Oscars and stuff, and I think it's, like, less than 30 minutes or well, something? Well, no, it or, could be an hour, and they still consider it a short. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's clearly over an hour, but beyond that, I don't know. Maybe an hour 20 is the cutoff. Maybe an hour 30 is the cutoff. I don't know. That's one uh, we will have to Google and get back to everyone on our next podcast. All right. I'll take that down as a uh, note for the talent. All right. Get get on it, talent. Use your talented Googling skills. All right. I will, I will find out for sure. All right. Last thing. I'm still trying to give away the freaking Lone Survivor digital download ultraviolet code. No one has still emailed us, still to this day. Clearly, people listen because they've joined our fan group, but nobody wants a free copy of Lone Survivor. A couple of my coworkers said, "Yeah, I would have taken it, but I don't. I'm not really into war movies." I'm like, "Okay, I respect that. That's fine." But, anyways, so if you want a digital copy, if not, Mike, I'm sending it to you. That's it. I'm sending it to you. If I don't get a reply after this podcast airs. That's it. I'm sending it to you. Okay. All right. Uh, so come on, people. Just one email. Couple words. And on top of emailing us, you can call us now too. I don't know if I ever exposed this. I think I might have, but I don't know if I what? talked about it on we the pod. We have a phone number. Did we talk about it on the pod? No. You haven't even told the talent that we have a phone. Yeah, number. we have a voicemail line now. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even tell you. Wow. Now I feel like crap. 
It doesn't ring to any of our phones. Definitely not mine. I already have I have Google Fi, and I can't have Google Voice numbers ringing to my phone. So it's a Google Voice number. But if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, which I can splice in, it'll sound like crap, but I can splice it in and people can actually hear it. Or you want to ask questions, or you want to say how terrible we are, or how great we are, or whatever, you can call in and leave us a voicemail at 602-551-6389. And that is a Google Voice number out of Phoenix, or it's supposed to be Phoenix. Oh, okay. So one more time. Man, I think I I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to call it and leave a voice. All right. 602. Just to see to give you practice. 551 6389. So, all right. Well, there we go. Next one. Mike and I have already discussed it because I saw it on Thursday. Mike saw it yesterday. We're recording on Saturday for those of you who do not know. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes, uh, the the first time that Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio star in a movie together. And the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. So uh, I am eager to talk about this with Matt, and there's plenty to talk about with that movie. So. Especially since our opinions differ on it. Yes, yes. Uh, but you will have to tune in for more to find out what we are talking about. So that'll be on the next pod. And uh, yeah. So I guess with all that, uh, thanks everyone listening. And, uh, you know, thanks uh, for uh, letting us uh, review your screener for, yeah, Shelly Pack for letting us review the screener for chasing molly she's a writer she plays molly and she's the one that emailed us and asked if we wanted to view and review her movie and we did so thanks shelly for hitting us up we appreciate it all right uh i guess with all that um catch us on our next pod uh and we'll talk at you later Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.